Good evening and welcome to the new time. It is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. Thank you for being here. We've got two great guest panelists with us tonight. You've seen them both before. Of course, we've got JR and we've got Jeff joining us for the conversation tonight. Thank you to everybody who's joined us early in the chat room. It's nice to see you all there, and I hope you're all doing very, very well. And I hope you're all remaining optimistic and hopeful as we work our way through what what, uh, can only be considered very troubling times. Britt, I'm ready to get started here. How's this new time feel to you as we kind of, you know, shake off the cobwebs here? Tom. And, of course, traffic sucked, and I was panicking for the original time, and then it wasn't until about 10 minutes before the original time I realized, oh, I have a whole extra hour. So I was able to find more content and polish up a video and upload to Rumble right now. So it's productive. So it felt good. Okay. Once you got over the initial uh, uh, fear of being late because you didn't realize that we had that extra hour, good, good, good for you. Well, it's good to see you. You know, know, it's like like when you get the extra hour uh, when daylight savings happens. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what you got today? That was all you had today? That's a great I had an extra hour. Yeah, well, it it, it sucks going the other way when you don't have that extra hour, when you think you have it. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see you, JR. Good to see you, Jeff. Let's get started on this stuff because we've got a lot of things to cover, of course. I do do have a couple quick things that I want to uh, mention here. There's been a real sense of frustration in an article found on the Daily Wire. The title reads, Biden Harris have skipped almost every COVID conference call with the governors. Now, this is pretty peculiar or interesting, depending on how you want to look at it, because um, one of the things that Biden is getting high marks on is his work handling and addressing the pandemic. Well, it turns out he has not been very engaged at all. This article says that he has skipped every single conference call since he became president with the 50 state governors as they address the ongoing pandemic. Vice President Kamala Harris has been absent almost all of them. He She's appeared at on one of the calls, and uh, those calls take place every Tuesday. She was on one of the calls for about five minutes, and she didn't take any questions. Now, many Republican governors in particular are saying this is really inappropriate. Uh, Trump made appearances on most of those calls. He said, uh, Chris Sununu, who's a Republican governor from New Hampshire, said it would go a long way if the president would just get on the phone or even the vice president would get on the phone and take a few questions so we can get some answers here. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, so I'm going to just go to you, Jeff. Um, But COVID is the area where Biden's getting his highest marks. But from what I can tell, it was Trump's vaccine. It's Trump's Project Warp Speed. It's Trump's distribution of the vaccine. It's the economy coming back from the tr- from the COVID lockdowns that Trump was against for most of the year, and it's um, it's uh, Trump was responsive to the governors. What does uh, Biden get credit for here? I, I don't know. Does anyone know? I mean, what's he getting credit for? Marks for what? He can't just talk to a governor for five minutes and and go over their basic policies about COVID and what's going on in each state. I mean, and Kamala Harris, where is she at? No one knows. Uh, hi, I'm Kamala. I'm here. Yeah, she's- I, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, she's. I mean, he's just like not there. He just went out and talked to a government for. Five, I, I don't. No way. This is this is nuts. Yeah, I mean, the governors are complaining, Jr. That uh, you know they have serious questions, like this whole removal of the J- Johnson and Johnson vaccine from from use was hit, blindsided them. They had no heads up, they had no information, and they said this. You know, being part of this phone call, they could have gotten some answers. So the governors are all complaining right now that they're kind of blind in this whole process. Well, it's uh, consistent with 
the time he ran the campaign until he's been in the White House, he's been largely a ghost. His schedule is light. Um, so it's not surprising that he, I guess the, I guess why he's getting the high marks, he hasn't screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but uh, he's been AWOL for a lot and he has done very limited anything live. So I guess it's not surprising that, you know, this is the case uh, regarding COVID as well. Britt, I'm going to move on another topic, but when you can feel free to address either one of these two. Uh, the Oscars were held last night. Um, viewership was down something like 60%. Most people attribute that to the fact that these celebrities are so woke and so politically active, and most of them really don't know what they're talking about. But a couple of things were very, very poignant here. One is many of these celebrities who spoke and who have made their, uh, their political opinions known have criticized the Trump administration for building the wall. However, here at the Academy Awards, they had walls all around the event to keep people out. And the other thing these celebrities have uh, spoken out against is the police force or police forces. They've talked about defunding the police, yet uh, a majority of uh, active police officers a huge chunk of the 10,000 police officers in the Los Angeles Police Department were on hand to uh, to protect this event. So, again, super hip hypocritical, Brit, super hypocrisy on display last night at the Oscars. Yeah, and we all know this, but what do we do about it? We like watching movies, and we like fawning over them, and we like you know disconnecting our reality and then live through the movie which is living through them so we as 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 humans give them some special place on a on a pedestal that they don't rightly deserve none of them deserve it to be honest with you um and you know i mean if i were king for a week man it would be a bloody place but i'm not so i gotta i just gotta roll with it i i just roll my eyes jv and i just laugh and we are silly people worshiping false idols and they don't care about us because you know why? They don't have to. They have so much money. They don't even have to think about where their next meal is coming from or how they're paying rent. They have armed security. So it doesn't matter if the police are there or are not there because they have really big walls and people that know how to shoot guns. Um, who I'm pissed at? I'm pissed at the police. I'm pissed at the security guards and I'm pissed at the chain link fences. They need to walk. They are being so disrespected by these people. They are being so demeaned by these people. And they are being so put out on an edge of being okay to attack by these people that they just need to say no, the police. They just need to resign, walk away, don't take the assignment. Just let them deal with the mobs. Let Antifa go in there and let Antifa do with all their ACAB stuff and all of their, you know, down with the man stuff and watch them piss their little green panties. Okay, don't make me go to the train yet, okay? It's really early in the program. Don't make me reach for that button already. Um, I will I'll disagree a little bit because I actually respect the police officers for ignoring that hypocrisy and still showing up to do their jobs. I, I think that shows a lot of integrity and a lot I'm of uh, courage on their parts. And I, I don't... I'm, I don't... I'm over it. In the deep blue cities where the people keep voting for the same politicians that keep disparaging them, keep telling them they're not wanted, get out of my neighborhoods, we but, don't want you But here. Britt, that's I, the point. I, I, it's I, the politicians. I, I, it's not the police officer's fault. 
this is this is something that's going to require a little bit more discussion. Um, the New York Times released an article talking about uh, our uh, climate czar, who used to be the Secretary of State, John Kerry, um, actually tipping off and giving information to the Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif that re uh, revealed that. Israel was, was responsible for 200 covert strikes against Iranian targets. Britt, is this treason? Yeah, absolute treason. This is, what was the other thing? The, Lo, the, Lo, the Logan Act violations? Also correct, right? I mean, all the things that they went after Flynn for, that they decimated Flynn, Michael Flynn, a three-star general, a hero in our army, in our military. If you ask any, any serving member, say he did great things for them. They went after him and decimated him and bankrupted him. And then when they couldn't break him, they said, you know what, we're going to go after your kid. And that's when he broke and took the guilty plea. But John Kerry gets to fly around on his ketchup plane because he's not man enough to make his own he's not man enough to make his own money. So he marries a rich woman and leeches off of her. And he's going to fly around. Oh, the coach is not meant for people like me. He is a piece of shit human being. Even when he was in Vietnam, a worthless soldier that probably got men killed. So what I've learned already is that Brick gets a lot more fired up at 10 p.m. Eastern than he does at 9 p.m. Eastern. So be prepared for that. JR, um, Israel is one of, if not our closest ally, and they are so important to stability in the Middle East for us and for United States policy and for the free flow of oil and energy from that region. Uh, this is a, a betrayal of, the, of a great magnitude in, in my estimation. One, uh, one piece of foreign policy, uh, three, four months in here that uh, certainly isn't going well among others. Uh, certainly foretold the withdrawal of our troops here last week as well. Um, but you're right, Israel is by far our best friend in the Middle East and a stabilizing force and somebody we can count on. And I think, you know, they've had varying degrees of support over other administrations and the early returns here certainly aren't good. Um, we'll give him a little bit of a break because he's had very little to do with them at this point, like most things. But uh, what is happening here is not off on the right, on the right foot. So um, like a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you want to add a quick comment uh, to that before Britt takes it? I mean, honestly, I mean, our number one ally is Great Britain. Number two is is Israel. Number three is, in my opinion, Japan. I mean, number two is Israel. I mean, and, and they're part of the big stability of the Middle East. Why would anyone in our government let any any country, especially Iran, know what Israel is doing and give them like secrets? I, what the hell is wrong with these people? And then he gets rewarded by becoming the treasury or no, the uh, climate czar in the next administration. Yeah, Democratic climate czar. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, Brett. Climates are and what a two hundred and something thousand dollar salary or something like that, of or hundred sixty five thousand dollar year salary, mm -hmm. and government vehicles drive them around. Um, so I, I have I had something I was gonna go down, but I'm gonna change I'm gonna change here midstream because of the last conversation we just had. Um, there is a city, and I, I wish I had the article because I can't remember the name of it, but they just released the body cam footage of a shooting that just happened. And again, there's seven officers that were uh, 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 put on administration leave. Three actually completely resigned. But it was another shooting. Uh, uh, the, uh, another uh, black man shot in the back while he was driving away in his vehicle. Got to see the the, the the body cam footage. It might not be out. Do you have it? Is that it? This is the yes, story. It, it okay. is Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Yeah. So my point of being, which you and I just clashed over, of being frustrated 
is that these deep blue inner I, I don't let me back up I respect the job that police officers do. I come from a law enforcement. My dad, my dad was a police officer. My grandpa was a police officer. I come from the background. I grew up in the family and I grew up in this, that world. They have a shitty job. It is a horrible job, but that whatever just happened there, the, the girl that was stabbing and got killed. I mean, that was a legit shoot. The city still burnt to the ground. I had this visceral reaction when in my city the other day, which I talked about last night, where I drove by and uh, two officers had a black man in a car pulled over and they were pulling him out of the car. And the first thought that went through my head was, why are you doing that? If something goes bad there, my city burns down, um, whether it's righteous or not. My point is, is that in these deep blue cities, in these neighborhoods, they don't want the police officers there. Who are we to force on them? Law, law and order. Who are we to force that on them? We don't live there. It's not our area. And the community, by keep by the by by the way, they keep voting for the same politicians over and over again. We've had several cycles now for them to change out of that, and they haven't. Why are the cops still there? They're risking their lives, their freedom, even if they're correct, and burning down the city, which affects so many other people. So my question to you, Jr., is with some of these neighborhoods that are so deep blue. And they, they, they have made it really clear they don't want the police officers there. Why do we keep sending them in there? What do we do with that? They don't want them there, which then creates all this chaos we're living through right now. How do we – what do we do there? Well, you're right. I mean they keep voting in the same folks for decades and decades and then uh, expect a different result. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't get it either. Uh, defunding the police. I mean, I can't even imagine having a conversation such as that, you know, five, 10 years ago, even. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. But, you know, you talked about it yeah. uh, for, the, for the Oscars last night. I mean, fences, good. Police, good. For one night of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the rest of the time, not so good. So again, it's, it's do as I... Uh, say and not as as i actually do uh john Kerry right. can fly around in his jet good but don't you think about it so nobody's held accountable and if again we talked about it many times if we had a real press doing a real job they wouldn't be able to get away with it but it fits an agenda and they continue on and we it's a self-fulfilling prophecy we get what we should expect Right. So, Jeff, so so the the royal uh, celebrities in our country, because that's how really what our royalty is, is the celebrities. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of these left of center politicians. We have quite a few extreme leftist politicians screaming to defend the police. They want to get rid of the police from protecting us. And then they also want to disarm us so we can't protect ourselves. And God forbid in one of these blue cities like Frisco or L.A. where they have or Portland, where they have these lunatic D.A.s that are letting all the criminals out, but if you defend yourself, they go after you with the entire book and then some. They want the criminals on the streets and they want us disarmed so we can't defend ourselves. What, is that, what does that mean to you? What are they after? What's the end goal for, for these politicians that want you know, You know, I think they, I, we know what they want. They want power. They want control. However, I saw the numbers, 2014, 43, 000, or 43 million people watched the Academy Awards. Last night, it was 8 million. Nobody is listening to this people. And that's what I don't understand. The media is not working. There's a lot of people that are not listening to these people. 
my wife and I spent a whole weekend in Central Florida in, in, in this in this campground, and these people were all conservatives. They're, they had Trump flags. I mean, it was amazing, and it's not working, and they want it to work, and it, it's just not working. And they're pushing this rhetoric on us, and, and it's not happening. Right. It's not happening. Uh, but we have politicians that are pushing for policies based on it's almost like watching Twitter, which is only two per it's just insane. JV, so I'm gonna come back to you. And I know that you you and I think a lot different on this, and I'm gonna give you the chance that anything you want to talk about, obviously, but if you wanna can you help me understand why the police should still go back into these neighborhoods where they're not wanted? I mean, why do they why do we need them to do that? Because the risk that's there with their livelihood. Because or their it, life. Because it's not that they're not wanted. There's a, gr a vocal group of agitators that make it seem like they're not wanted, but the rank-and-file citizens of that area or any area want the protection, particularly in the min minority community. They're needed, and these officers understand what their duty is, the ones that aren't retiring and leaving in droves. The other ones who stay on the job recognize what their responsibility is, and they're gonna, not going to let this ridiculous chatter coming from these radical Democrats and progressive politicians interfere with them doing the right thing, the thing they took an oath to do. That's why. It's the politicians that deserve all of the scorn, all of the blame, not the police officers. And I don't blame them, Britt, if they, ch if they, if they chose your way here and said, you know what, screw it. They're going to act like that. Let them have at it. We're not going in. I wouldn't blame them if they decided to do that. But I think many of them are bigger people than that. Many of them have way more integrity than that. Many of them are just better human beings than that. Now, I just want to check on something here because there was a comment in the chat room from Janice. I'm going to put this back up. I said, you can't be serious. We have to have the police. We send them in for the same reasons we send in our military. I just hope Janice doesn't think that any of us here are siding with those people who say defund the police or get rid of the police or whatever. None of us on this program, oh. if anybody wants to disagree with me, go ahead. But I don't think any of us on the, oh. on this program are taking that Absolutely approach. So not. I hope, Janice, you're referring Give to the more money. Yeah, I hope, Janice, you're referring to the people that we're actually criticizing. And I want to say one more thing um, because JR touched on this. We have... We have seen a political realignment here happen so fast. It wasn't long ago. When I say not long ago, I would say two years ago, maybe even a year ago, whereby if you ran on anything other than a tough-on-crime platform, you were going to lose. If you weren't tough-on-crime, you weren't even a contender for political office. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden... In, on, the, on the turn of a dime, we are in a political reality where people who are actually calling for just the opposite, abolish the justice system, abolish the police, abolish the, the, the prisons, let them all out. These people are in Congress and they're talking about these things. So we, these are the things we need to pay attention to. Yeah. And uh, just to Janice's point, uh, I, I, I completely respect what police do. It's a shitty job. It just really is. I'm just having a hard time with the people that just keep voting for the same representatives over and over again. And we've had five or six election cycles for these local local locations to vote out the people that are screaming defund the police or I mean, Ted Wheeler got elected again. So, I mean, they're voting for the same. That's what's blowing my mind. And. And then these police officers walk into the into the meat grinder, and then they don't when when they do a righteous shoot. I mean, that cop that shot the girl that was stabbing, his life's ruined. His life's ruined. He can never be on the street again, especially when LeBron James tweeted his photo. So, how do we? 
that's where my pissed offness is, is that they keep voting for the same people. So don't send the police in because they don't want them there. I know there's some that do, but there's enough that don't that then everything blows up and burns and, down. And, and and who the hell is LeBron James like five minutes after something happened to like, like be judge and jury on these people? I mean, who elected this guy? Nobody. Ah. Anyway, you want me to keep rolling, JV? I got other things, or do you want to take this next round? Uh, my ne The next segment I have is going to take a little time, so if you want to do one more, go ahead. Um, yeah, let's do one more real quick. Um, so uh, the border crisis, which Kamala – oh, wrong mouse uh, – which Kamala Harris is not uh, showing up to apparently. Anyway, Politico, and if you read down into this article, even the AP, they're instructing their reporters to not use the word crisis when it comes to the border. It's not a crisis. And then if we obviously, if we remember, ba remember back to the uh, screen capture I had of the White House saying that when our president called it a crisis, they said that's not, when Joe Biden said it was a crisis, the White House responded with, that's not Joe Biden's policy, which was weird. But again, here's the press, the media, AP and now Politico and some of the others probably by now, they're telling them they can't use a word. So Jeff, the higher ups, the CEOs of these political of these media companies are now telling the reporters what they can and cannot say in an article. How does this propagate free and fair press? It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, who who is like the vice president or the CEO of Coca Cola to tell me what my First Amendment rights are? What I can say, I can't call, call somebody he or a she or or whatever they want to call it. I don't know. What do they want us to call it? I, no, there's no way. This is crazy. Yeah, crazy it is. JR, so Stacey Abrams got a little heat because the MLB pulled out of, you know, basically Atlanta and cost a lot of money to a predominantly black city, Atlanta. Um, she did this op-ed where she stated in there that she backs a boycott. And then they stealth edited it. They went in and deleted some of the stuff that she put in her op-ed. Didn't didn't put the tag edited on this date. Didn't show what. Didn't do the what do they call that JV's the strike through line in text, so that you could see what was taken yeah, out. It's just edit, 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 so they, just edit marks, yeah. Edit marks, but they didn't do any of that. They just did a stealth edit. So so if if you were to get the original thing, and you would see where Stacey Abrams said a handful of things that was supporting. Uh, the boycott of MLB if they don't take care, you know, if they don't, uh, the boycott of Georgia, I'm sorry, uh, via the MLB and the, that they should move out. So they removed all that. So now if I would have read that and said, oh, Stacey Abrams said that, and then the fact checker say, oh, no, she didn't right here. Again, the media is driving a narrative. This is hard news is driving a narrative. How, how do we, Nothing. how do we even believe anymore? Nothing, uh, nothing surprises me at this point. It's, it's, it's uh, the days of Walter Cronkite giving you the facts for the day are long gone. Um, that whole fiasco in Atlanta, um, the CEOs who I think admittedly didn't even read the voting um, law that was being proposed and, and, and implemented potentially. And they just sided with the media and everybody got in the bandwagon. And next thing you know, the all-star games in, at Coors Field. You know, which has uh, 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 less strenuous or, or, or more uh, restrictive laws than, than what Atlanta was proposing. So, but that's beside the point. It, that didn't come out from uh, the mainstream media, and uh, and here we are. 
you know, um, my wife uh, dropped her MLB <laughs> app subscription and uh, Coke will not be uh, on the shelves here. And the, the first 12 pack of Pepsi is in the refrigerator. <laughs> so guess what? It, I mean, yeah. is that going to make a difference? I don't know. But uh, if, if it half is. the country uh, voted for Trump and even uh, 10% of that half decide to take it upon themselves, well, guess what? 5% of uh, sales go down. That That's going to hit a stock price. So I, you know, and besides, it makes me feel better that I'm not got, I don't have Coke in my refrigerator. You know, it, it just it just feels like you have to do something and you have right. to hit them where they do respond their pocketbook. So I'll let JV respond to that because he talked about I think it was last night we talked about that. But JV, I'll, I'm going to ask you an additional question on top of what JR just uh, talked about. Um, do we need to go back to newspapers now because we can't trust them because digital stuff is so easy to edit? Do we have to have a hard copy now? Well, we we do. However, it won't happen because the business model doesn't work anymore. Uh, there are a few surviving papers. The New York Times survives. The Wall Street Journal survives. There's a few others. Um, some of them are just propped up by somebody's big money like the Washington Post. Um, so we need it, but we won't get it because the business model doesn't work anymore. All of those newspapers relied on subscriptions, yes, but more importantly, advertisers. And Jeff Bezos put most of the advertisers out of business with Amazon. They don't exist anymore. It's the same problem with radio stations. They don't. The advertising base is gone. Listeners' ears are still there, but the business that's that funded it is gone. Um, just to mention that I, I did the same thing. I'm drinking Diet Pepsi now and no longer Diet Coke, and I'm not watching any Major League Baseball until one of those comebacks comes back and apologizes for what they said or what they did uh i'm just i'm just off them and i'm going to continue to boycott them and and reports are that coke is feeling it their bottom line is being hit hard by this boycott so to answer jr's point it does does have an effect and if you're if you're taking that stand i encourage you to continue doing that i want to move on to uh to this climate summit that biden had in britain now, you, you and i talked about this a little bit over the weekend but as you know, Thursday and Friday, Joe Biden hosted 40 world leaders in a virtual summit. It was a kind of a Zoom summit, which, by the way, they couldn't get the technology right. So it was just bizarre from start to finish. But they still tried, tried to do this. And, uh, Britt, you pointed out, and I, I have it's in this article that's on the screen there, too, that um, Joe Biden was the only world leader wearing a mask in his isolated zoom <laughs> broadcast i mean it's just it's just so silly but the white house has defended that move saying that joe biden decided to wear the mask um because he wanted to uh lead by example for the rest of the nation and the rest of the world he's sending a message to the world according to jen saki um that uh, he's putting into place precautions and continuing to do that as the leader of the united states and that he would continue to do that as the leader of the United States. Uh, but more came from this this summit than just Joe Biden wearing a mask. And not really much of it has to do with climate. But one of the things that struck me is that other news organizations around the world were, were taking notice at what's going on here. And I found this to be quite interesting. This is um, uh, the Bolt Report, uh, a program in Australia, Australia. Listen to what the host has to say about this particular event. Now, there was another example of this kind of racism this week, endorsed by no less than Joe Biden, President of the United States, whose stupidity, by the way, is now a threat to the West. His stupidity, by the way, is now a threat to the West. This is a, a major news anchor um, commentator in Australia. Uh, 
JR, it's a rather blunt assessment of one of our, you know, staunch allies, Australia. I, I think in many respects, the overseas press uh, is a lot more overt about some of the things that you're not certainly seeing on our mainstream press. They're not in the tank uh, in many respects. And if you watch the BBC, uh, Australian news, uh, other ones that I have seen uh, little snippets of, they're being a lot more vocal about the very weakness that uh, is looking us in the face. And our enemies, certainly that's not lost. I mean, I, one thing I noticed other than the mask, I, I think he may have been the only uh, world leader without his country's flag behind him. Hmm. I mean, did you notice that? I mean, it just- uh, Interesting. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, everybody else out. has got something representing their country. And wow. uh, I guess Biden's on the blue screen in his basement still. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, this program went on to com to uh, contend that this whole event was an insult to world leaders. Last week, insulting the intelligence of 39 other world leaders, including our Prime Minister Scott Morrison, by making them listen to the ravings of a bizarre parade of alarmists and mystics and New Age tribal women and even a teenager. Jeff, the criticism there uh, is many fold. However, one of the things he points out is the fact that these people that they paraded as speakers were just a bunch of, as he puts it, ravings of a bizarre parade of alarmists. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, that's this whole thing. I mean, uh, what we we see here as a group with this us four, of course. I mean, Biden looks like a complete jackass. I mean, and and what do they think the rest of the world is going to look like here in this situation? I mean, they're looking at him the same way. They don't care about the economics or the development of the U.S. They're looking at us like, wow, this guy is kind of losing his mind, and he's supposed to be the biggest leader in the world. Exactly like they're putting that. What's her name? Uh, the girl from Sweden. Greta. Yeah. Well, that, that yeah, Greta. They put yeah, yeah. That puts that puts me. One of, that's one of the big supporters out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that takes us right to this next clip. Well, one of their speakers was a girl aged just nineteen, but she does say she's from a Mexican tribe on her father's side, and I guess that being indigenous today makes you instantly wise and holy. We demand comprehensive, non-Eurocentric, and intersectional climate education, including literacy on climate justice, environmental racism ancestral and indigenous wisdom on historical movements, disability justice, green careers, and sustainable living. Yes, ancestral and indigenous wisdom is needed to fix global warming. So I wonder. Yeah, so Britt, I've got a couple more cuts to play from this meeting, but that one there is pretty interesting because you've got this girl. She's a freshman in college somewhere. Um, and she is lecturing world leaders, and she's using words or phrases like non-Eurocentric climate climate education, including um, literacy on climate justice, environmental racism, ancestral and indigenous wisdom. There are so many poisonous words in those phrases, and we're and this is supposed to be about climate change. Yeah, do you think she wrote that? No, that was written for, and she was just told to read it, or her mom. You know, cut off her allowance or something. I don't know. The, this whole thing is insane. The reason that Joe Biden's wearing the mask is because he's at the point in his life where he's muttering. Blah, 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 blah. So that's 
So they got to keep the mask over his face, so you can't see him just muttering to himself. And then, you know, crazy train for me, probably the tinfoil hat right here. Um, I honestly think that we have someone who sounds like him that's actually talking for him. And he's just up there going, I've got uh, pudding, pudding. I need some pudding. Where's the hood? Nap time? Is there nap time now? I need some nap time. Pudding, pudding. And then someone's like, woo, woo. You know, um, that's what's going on. That's, what they, that's why he's masked up. He's in, he just, oh, God, I just want to, mm, these, these masked people are insane. And the whole mask thing is also just a tool to keep us suppressed and feeling a fear. I mean, there's a couple of psychologists, world-renowned psychologists that are actually educated in psychology, did a whole thing, breakdown on this whole mask and fear and what, what's being done to people on a mass level with this. Because people are just hysterical over this. Um, this this girl talking, she's damaged goods. She's too far gone. We're not going to be able to save her. So when we're all leading out of the ditch and the planet is in ruins because of socialism and Marxism, we can look over at her and go, hmm. How's that? Uh, how's that moose turd pie you're eating right there? Um, because uh, that's all we get when we go down the road of Marxism and socialism via this. And, and and you can look up at your hero, you know, your hero Joe Biden or John Kerry or whoever your God you're gonna pray to of of woke insanity. They're gonna be in the palace behind the big walls eating the steak, you know. And what were you? What was was it? You were talking about the fried green. You were telling me about the soylent green, the green, the green. Things that you eat, the people. I was just mm-hmm. thinking of that when you said that, Brad. The rich people, the the elites get the real beef, and everybody else got the human bodies. I mean, that's where we're headed. This is where we're headed. Um, and and chat caught on to one of the buzzwords in her her uh, comments. There, she said, "We demand," and she went through that list of things. Here's a little bit more from this same woman. And if only we could have people of color, not whites, <laughs> lead this global warming crusade. But most importantly. All of these solutions must be implemented with the voices of frontline black, brown, and indigenous communities as leaders and decision makers. What does, Jeff, what does race have to do with this? If this is a climate issue, what does race have to do with it? No, race has nothing to do with it, but she had to put that in there because we have to emphasize race with every issue. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's going to at the grocery store to get cookies, well, the, the black people get more cookies than the white people. It has its oh, they, she has to emphasize that. And this girl has no bearing being in this situation at all. She and we're like what? I'm 55 years old, and she, she's going to like explain me the whole life of climate <laughs> and, and race being. I mean, come on. And and just to pick up on a point that Britt made, you know, this girl is gone. There's no saving her. It's true. But the president of the United States selected her or his people selected her to be a spokesperson for this effort. I want to go to another cut from the same discussion. Now, what is so telling is that the speakers Biden invited to his great big two day climate conference last week did not include one climate scientist. And I think the reason was pretty simple. It would have been too dangerous to inject facts into the debate. Scientists might have told him that, whoops, the temperature of the planet has just dropped to below the average of the last decade of last century. Now, it's hard to read that chart, I know, but his point is that the science is showing us right now that the the Earth is cooling a bit and, and the temperature has dropped below the average of the last 30 years. So his point being, JR, that having actual scientists here at this conference discussing what would be a scientific issue would have been very, very inconvenient for the president. Yeah, it would have been interesting if that chart that uh, they just showed uh, had been uh, one of the presenters' topics instead of the 19-year-old uh, gobbledygook <laughs> there that uh, yeah. I- I'm sure off screen uh, all these political leaders are going, 
I got a couple of things I could have got done this afternoon, but uh, <laughs> the, the maybe we're going to start freezing again here. I, I remember in the 70s in elementary school, that was the thing we were taught. Yep. The world is cooling, and if we don't yep. do something about it, we're all going to freeze to death. So, uh, you know, but you look, you look at our energy independence and the, uh, you know, move, movement from coal to natural gas, that's had a huge impact on the pollution that we're uh, emitting in the United States. We became uh, energy independent and we became cleaner in the process. And that, you know, arguably had a lot to do with uh, the improvement that we're seeing here. But uh, uh, yeah, Brett, I'm know, gonna... the narrative like, gets uh, thrown under the bus there. Brett, um, in addition to uh a couple of scientists that the host was talking about there. One of Biden, Obama, that one of the Obama Biden administration's own scientists has changed his mind on the science behind climate change. And he said it's it's being misrepresented and misinterpreted. And he's actually written a book Stephen about Kunin, it. Stephen Coonan, who was the scientist, who was the U.S. Undersecretary for Science when Biden was vice president and Barack Obama was president has now written a book called Unsettled, saying that global warming is a gross exaggeration. He says heat waves in the US are no more common now than in 1900. Humans have had no detectable impact on hurricanes. Greenland's ice sheet isn't shrinking any faster. And bushfires are burning 25% less area than two decades ago. But that's just science. And the global warming scare is now about something completely different. It's a religion with a touch of Marxism. <laughs> Brit, it's a religion with a touch, touch of Marxism. I love this dude. It's like he's in my head or I'm in his head. I don't know which. Uh, yeah, it's a religion. Uh, this is all about power. This is all about control. has nothing to do with science. Um, and the reason, the reason that we know it has nothing to do with science is because of the last year or two that we have witnessed the complete scrubbing of the Internet of any scientist that uh, counters the narrative. The fact that we have highly educated, long-time, reputable scientists that have come out, or MDs, when you want to talk about COVID, come out and say X, Y, and Z, but that doesn't, uh, you know, the big tech and the politicians, hey, you can't talk about that, so they're gone. Whatever Google can touch, and if they can scrub you, you've been scrubbed. That's how we know that this is not about science. This is scientism. This is Scientology. This is Jonestown-level brainwashing, uh, cult-like activity. Um, and it's all about control and power for the elite. That's all this is about. This has nothing to do. Now, with that said, if we can do something cleaner, we should do it. And we have in America, for the size of our country and the GDP that we generate and the amount of consumption that we do, we pollute far less than anybody else on this planet you need to if you want to be a true environmentalist go do your environmentaling over in china or pakistan or india where the true pollution is happening but you won't you know why because you can't make your grift money there you can't get rich off of it there oh and china will just kill you yeah. but that's okay well let's just stay over no. in america we're right. actually doing all of this where we're doing all That's this, right. and we are a clean nation for the level that we live at. This is where you want to be because you can do your grift and make your money and have your little sycophants around you saying, oh, you're so great. You're so great. Buy a fifth house. You're so great. But go over to one of those other countries and try and pull this off. It won't happen because that's where it needs to happen at. We're good over here. We need them to catch up. 
and then we'll be fine. The Bolt Report uh, offers one more real insult to the world community that Biden presented in this particular conference. And the leader of the Association for Indigenous Women and Peoples of Chad in Africa claimed Indigenous people's traditional knowledge is the key to helping all of humanity adapt and mitigate climate change. We should look to the indigenous people of Chad for advice on how to power our advanced 21st century economies. Chad, which the United Nations Development Program says is in the lowest category of all human development. In fact, it's ranked 187 out of 189 countries and territories. Chad can't even run itself. Chad can't even run itself. Yet the Biden administration pulls out uh, a representative from Chad saying we need to follow the example of their indigenous people. Is anything about this genuine, Jr., or is it all just a big show? Just a lot of theater. I think this uh, this climate demonstration probably got worse ratings than the Oscars last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, who came up with these people? It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, I, I'm waiting for it. Uh, the Saturday Night Live script here to start sliding across the bottom here. And uh, welcome the show, uh, I, I, Chad. I mean, uh, this 19-year-old reading the script. I mean, it doesn't make it, it's it's a lot of waste of time. I'm sure and most of these world leaders. You know, it it, it comes to the the the, the uh, you know Trump pulled out of the the climate agreement. Well, one of the reasons why he did one, we were obviously showing a lot of improvement, way more than anybody else, and two. We were having to financially contribute so much more than anyone else's fair share. It was financially a disastrous deal. But I, I agree with Brett. If we can do something to help improve the climate, great. But, you know, there's a lot of finger pointing we can do. And I don't think Chad's probably going to be the one to, <laughs> to enforce that on the world. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think, uh, you know, President Xi over there in uh, China was quaking in his boots at all. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play one more quick cut here to wrap up this particular report from the Bolt Report in Australia. And then, uh, Britt, you can take it. Has the West gone barking mad, so lost confidence in its technical know-how and its culture? That's a powerful statement. Has the West lost so much confidence in its technical know-how and its culture that it's just giving up? Um, Those are a serious question we need to ask ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we really need to look hard inward. We really need to think about what we're doing and where we're going. We are a soft. We've had it good for a long time. We have become a soft people, and we're starting to see rough times coming, and that's what's going to happen. Well, while we're dogging our government, let's move on to the FBI. So, secret court reveals FBI hunted for domestic terrorists without a warrant. Basically, if you read this article, uh, our lovely FBI, the amazing FBI, the no longer amazing FBI in my book. They're no different than a Hick sheriff department. Although sheriffs are pretty good. Uh, they're just corrupt. The little leadership, not necessarily the rank and file. But they are, or maybe the rank and file, because they're going into the NSA's super secret uh, hard drive that collects all kinds of data. And they are uh, doing what they call, what this judge called, the FISA court warned the FBI in 2018 that their warrant-free queries are a backdoor search, constitutionally alarming. But the Bureau, to this day, is still conducting these queries. Uh, domestic terrorism, they're looking for domestic terrorism involving racially motivated violent extremists. Uh, 
which if you read in the next article is uh, basically the FBI's way of saying white supremacists, which if you want to even break it down more than that, basically mega people, meaning me. Anybody who voted for Trump is who they're looking for. And they're doing this all without warrants. And apparently it's pretty widespread. So, JR, the fact that our federal government, the FBI, the investigative arm of our federal government, is using the three-letter agency spy stuff that's meant for foreigners to investigate Americans without a warrant violating our Fourth Amendment, how dangerous is that for us as a people in this great United States? Well, Britt, I'm still waiting for some repercussions from uh, the whole uh, FISA warrant uh, rubber stamping that happened in spite of being forthright with the knowledge that they had. Nothing seemingly has happened. The uh, That uh, Connecticut uh, judge there, which was the special prosecutor, uh, I'm still waiting for that report. Uh, the FBI, to my knowledge, has not been held accountable for anything yet. So if they haven't been held accountable, why should they stop doing these things? Constitutionally questionable? Uh, I, I would think that's something that uh, certainly should be looked at. But until they are held accountable or somebody is held accountable for these things that they have been caught with their hand in the cookie jar, um, they're continuing to do things. And we only know it bits and drabs when it finally comes out. But uh, um you know, the FBI used to be with beyond reproach. It was our national police force. And at this point, who can you trust? You know, um, right. if you were on the wrong side of the uh, agenda, um, God help us. Right. So, Jeff, I'm going to pick up on something that JR just mentioned, uh, that, you know, the FBI used to be beyond reproach. Do we think that's yes. true? Do you think do you think they've do you think they were ever this this pillar of impeccable morals and you know the law is the law just the facts ma'am sergeant joe friday kind of level stuff or are we are, are are we just now learning about it because we can see it now because of the way we have information flow Yeah I mean I think during the uh, J Edgar Hoover days I mean there were some issues back then but I mean it's been many years since they have been such an excellent, you know, uh, part of our government to, with, with the, the, uh, the um, <clears throat> that now, the thing I don't like right now is that it seems like nothing's happened with the Clintons, nothing's happened with the Bidens, all, all this evidence with all these people, everything gets like under the rug. But yet something like this comes up and it's like, well, let's distract you from all these other issues that they should be working on. And they should be working on all this stuff. And I don't understand why this all gets just, just pushed under the rug. Who cares? No problem. Let's just move on. And then something like this is like, oh, if you're a Trump, if you love Trump, we're coming after you. And, and, and it's it's all a distraction. Yeah. So, JV, so this other part I kept reading, you know, and I was like, okay, we have a couple isolated people, the people at the top. But if you keep reading this report, this happened – at seven FBI offices were implicated. Multiple, multiple violations of this. Uh, so this is not just isolated to one office or just the seventh floor, which is where all the political appointee, the brass, the brass are. I mean, this this spiders out into offices and field agents actually doing this. I mean, I I. I 
I want to have the ultimate respect for them, but this is co constitutional Fourth Amendment violations of us. What do we? It's almost how like they I, become how, the SS of the Nazis, right? How, how do I look at that and, and be and, and be prideful of of them that they're above reproach because they're not right now? In in the early days of the Trump administration, uh, Donald Trump was accusing the FBI and other federal agencies of abusing their power. And I think I, like many other patriotic Americans, didn't want to believe it. We didn't want to believe that the abuse and the politicization of those organizations could be so deep and so thorough. But I think what we discovered over the course of the four years of the Trump administration is that he was right. And this cancer in these organizations has infected a lot of as you put it, floors of the building or 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 levels of the organization itself, from the very top into many of the uh, the career uh, investigators and enforcers. Uh, so this is a major problem because when law enforcement becomes weaponized as a political weapon against political enemies, and we're seeing that be used in a way that has that was even unimaginable in the United States, and it's it's not just being done it's being accepted again we keep going back to the watchdog of the media which has no interest in talking about these things jeff you mentioned a list of you know the the clintons the 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 bidens and that's just the tip of the iceberg what about what they did to donald trump what about four years of investigation and 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 swat teams showing up at roger stone's house in the morning with a cnn camera crew this stuff isn't law enforcement stuff this is this is brown shirt scare tactics stuff this goes deep this goes deep and donald trump was one of the things he was trying to do was root it out but it's a it's it's trying to turn an aircraft carrier in the suez canal we know that doesn't work out very well and uh you know he, he it's going to take more than one president and one term or even two terms to root this stuff out and get it fixed if we can ever do it i don't know but we have to keep talking about it yeah no i agree and uh, i just i feel bad because i, I if we fall where do we go? There's nowhere else to go. Everybody's coming here. If oh, we no. if we don't straighten this out, there's no more city on the hill. There's no more hope. We're, uh, especially if you look up to Canada. I mean, I was like, well, I guess I'll just go to Canada. But geez, Canada's becoming Germany. It's insane. Uh, JV, I, I have a, a something more positive to move to if you want. Or do you want to stay on this? I don't want to stay on this, but I have something positive yeah, too. I don't know if it's the same thing you have. So I just have the Apple thing. Oh, okay. Well, let me just say quickly then, um, the new census numbers are are uh, out, obviously, and they're starting to redraw the political lines. And one of the things that I have to fight with Brit about every time we talk is that I'm optimistic about the future. Brit says we're done, and I say, no, we're not done because Congress, the House of Representatives, is only off by a couple members before we get a majority in the Republican Party. And the Senate, we actually have 50 Republican senators, and they only have 48 Democrat senators, and there are two independents. Okay, so that gives me some optimism. But here's another reason to be even more optimistic is the fact that the redistricting and the reallocation of congressional seats gives more power to Republican states. The state of Florida is picking up a, a, con a congressional seat. That'll give them another electoral vote. The state of Texas is picking up two. The state of North Carolina is picking up one. 
Ohio's losing one. That's bad news for the Republicans. But good news for the Republicans is Illinois losing one, Michigan's losing one, Pennsylvania's losing one, New York's losing one, and California for the first time ever is losing a congressional seat. So, um, you know, it's one thing to have the congressional seat gone. It's another thing to mean the electoral votes and the electoral map changes a little bit. I don't want to waste time commenting on this. If, if anybody wants to jump in on that, I'll give it back to Britt otherwise. Okay, go ahead, Britt. All right, uh, and real quick, I just heard today that New York might be losing two. I think there's uh, an 89, 89. Yeah, there's an 89. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're just trying to straighten out. So they might lose two. That'd be awesome. Um, so basically, um, I got off of Apple products. I got off of the iPhone because, you know, they were kind of going really woke and whatnot. But it seems like Apple has uh, figured some stuff out. And uh, they're releasing their latest update, 14.8, I think it is. But basically, it's really got facebook in an uproar over this which makes me happy uh because this update basically what it's going to do is um the app tracking transparency framework is what they're calling it it has major implications in a negative way for the way advertisers operate on our computers by the way they uh track us so basically whenever you click onto an app or to download an app or to use an app and, it, and the app is going to actively track you you're going to get a pop-up window and it's going to ask you do you want to be tracked why is it tracking you? You can get additional information about it. Well, Facebook has lost its mind over this because this is mm. this is going to affect their ad revenues and probably Google too to a certain extent. Um, but this is going to make I'm going to buy an I'm going back to the iPhone for this so that I have the choice. Now I don't mind if some companies track me. JV, do you have any? Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to go to Jeff. We'll go around the horn. Do you have any companies, any apps that you use that you would not mind them tracking you? Like for me. Anything that involves buying firearms and buying ammunition, they can track me all day long. The only thing I want to be tracked is when I use a map. That's the only thing. Other than that, I, I turn my tracking off all the time. I don't want to know where I am, what I'm buying, what I'm doing. That's the only reason I want the freaking thing on. Right. So, JR, so this this option to where you can do this, it, it, you've always been able to do it, but it was buried like nine windows in and deep in the bowels of the programming, which is how Android is too. Um this just makes it plain as day right on top. Are you going to be turning off all the tracking? Or are you going to allow some to track you and some not to? <laughs> Why is Facebook so up in arms about it? Of course we're going to opt out. You know, when when you get this uh, new app you download and you got to scroll down the 10 pages to get to the okay, yeah. I accept it. Does anybody read that <laughs> stuff? Of course not. Now it's going to come up and pop up there and, and – uh, I got to believe nine out of 10 people are going to opt out, sell information, and that's how they're making Googles of money and be able to control everything. And uh, uh, they've just taken a pretty good hit there, I would think. Which I hope is so. an excellent point. We talk about that all the time, especially with Brit. It comes down to the money. And if the money part starts to collapse, this could be a good thing. Yeah, you make Facebook go away. But but it's also good for Apple because it's going to take me back to Apple. I'm going to go buy a $1,200 Apple phone. Um, and how many other people are going to do that? I'll, I'll, I'll jump off of Android. The reason I went to Android was because they had some apps you could download that blocked advertising because, you know, on Android you can do third-party stuff mm -hmm. a lot easier than Facebook, uh, Apple. So, JV, are you going to be – you're already an Apple user, right? Yeah, yeah, I already am. Um, yeah, I'm, I already I use an Apple, uh, and I will remind you that I think I told you about this that Apple or Verizon's having a really really good deal right now, where you can bring in any. Uh, well, you don't have an old, probably don't have an old iPhone. If you bring in any old iPhone, you get a, a heck of a 
uh, trade-in value for it. Uh, I do want to just mention that this recount is still going on in Arizona. The early reports are that there's some interesting findings. I'm waiting to see official reports and official findings to, before we really talk about it. But um, it will set the stage for what happens in some of these other states where there is questionable activity. So we'll keep an eye on it. They just had to appoint a new judge there because the original judge had to recuse himself. So. Wah, wah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. be sure kinda, to subscribe. Too late now. I know. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share the program. Uh, be sure to uh, like our Facebook page, all of the above. Thank you, JR. Thank you, Jeff. You guys are always great. I appreciate you being here with us tonight. We'll catch you next time. It is the Independence Gang.